Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We just heard from Edmonton Oilers Captain Connor McDavid again. He was our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Just before we go to John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, I want to mention to you that... uh, Guests on our show receive good certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that orders now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. As we go off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And uh, we are pleased to uh, be joined by NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. How are you? Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. Uh, eight years ago today, the Edmonton Oilers drafted Connor McDavid number one overall. Uh, he has won five Art Ross trophies. He's won the Rocket Richard. He's going to win his third Hart and his fourth Ted Lindsay today. Suffice to say, he's lived up to the hype? Oh, no question. You know, it. Uh, he has become, um, you know, a generational player. And I still remember with the first game we did, of Connors in the NHL, I think it was in uh, memory serving was in Dallas. Um, that's what we hyped him as a generational player, like Wayne and Sidney and Mario. Uh, and he, I think he's lived up to every word of that. That's interesting, uh, you know, and and it's it's funny because everybody focuses on well, he hasn't won the Stanley Cup yet, but you know what? You got to build around the player as well, and. Uh, you can, you can. I mean, I we just did the interview, and I mentioned during the interview the Oilers have the second best record in the league since Jay Woodcroft became the head coach back in February of 2022. And guys, I mean, it is. There's worse positions to be in than the position that the Oilers are in. That said, uh, they are in a position where the time is now, isn't it, Ken? It is for Kenny. You're right. Uh, it, it, you know, he's. He's got a timetable, both personally and for this team. Uh, you know, this core of players is coming into their their truly great years of, of hockey production over the next four or five, I would suggest. Um, and, you, you know, I, I think the frustration is, is that losing in the second round cannot be viewed as... Um, progress based on the year before and losing in the third round uh, but I do think that when you consider that the the two times that the Oilers have been eliminated in the last two years the team they played went on to win the Stanley Cup I think is signs that this team is progressively getting better and is certainly in the top echelon of teams in the NHL. We're joined right now by John Shannon. John you had the uh, the new head of the NHL PA Marty Walsh, who, and maybe you can educate our listeners, what role was he playing in the U.S. government when he left to join the NHLPA? Uh, he was the Secretary of Labor in Joe Biden's cabinet. Wow. Uh, a former mayor of Boston. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, very big labor leader in New England. Uh, has uh, was a, uh, a union member since uh, I think he told us twenty or twenty-one years of age, and and uh, and worked his way up within the union world before becoming a politician. So this is a guy that uh, Gil McGowan from the Alberta Federation of Labor would be looking up to then in terms of Marty Walsh. Uh, what, what, what sort of what sort of vibe did you get doing the interview uh, with him on your guys' podcast? Well, it's funny, Bob, because um, we also had Don Fear on when he was the executive director of the Players Association, and Don is a brilliant erudite lawyer that can wax poetic uh, and talk a blue streak, and you really don't know what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Marty is like you and me. Uh, He's street smart. He's not a lawyer. Uh, he's a labor organizer by by trade. Um, he's a passionate sports fan. He's a Bostonian through and through. You can hear it in his accent. Yeah. So from that from that perspective, um, it is a totally different direction that this group of players uh, on the selection committee, including Zach Hyman, went out and found somebody that was. Um, going to protect their interests from purely from an employment and labor perspective. And it will be interesting to see how the next three years go because there's no collective bargaining needed in the next three years, but it will be that time of relationship building between Marty and, and Gary Bettman. Okay, so we have a cap. It's firm at 83.5. Are you surprised that Gary Bettman maybe didn't extend an olive branch and, and bump it up by a million, knowing that at some point during this year, the escrow will be paid off uh, by the players, that money that they owe because of uh, sort of how uh, things got curtailed. And this is something that rarely gets factored in uh, in, the, in some of the criticism that's directed Ken Holland's way, that he came here at an $81.5 million cap. The cap is now 83.5. But are you surprised Gary Bettman maybe didn't throw an olive, olive branch uh, to the uh, uh, to Marty Walsh and is the newest man uh, representing the NHLPA? Well, I believe he did. And I believe the Players Association said, nope, we're going to get soldier through this and then we're going to have a better position for the cap next year. So uh, I I do think that there were discussions of that, and in fact huh. on the on, on the show Marty did tell us that they considered it and elected to uh, uh, to alleviate some of the pressure for the free agents for this summer. So it it but the, it, it, it they wanted to get rid of the escrow completely. You know here here's what's happening, Bob, and I, you know it's funny it 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 feels like a long time ago, but when the pandemic started, the players negotiated an extension on the CBA in order to get paid their full salaries. That's the bottom line. So during the pandemic, with nobody in the buildings for a while, uh, reduced playoff gates, the players got full salaries. Yes. So in order to do that, there had to be a level of escrow if in if for a couple of years in the 20s 20 percent and so this is the residue of the end of the uh, of the pandemic and what was guaranteed of the owners in that situation is we will pay the salaries in in full but by the end of the collective bargaining agreement the players will be made whole 
In other words, there will be no lost money from paying the players over those two years. And that's exactly the process that is going on right now. We're almost at the point where the escrow is palatable at 6%. But that to me is, is what's happened right now is we're still, we're still looking after and paying the players for full salaries for those two or three years. Uh, during the pandemic and really what it do it, it had a tremendous effect on players that weren't even in the NHL at that point who are looking to sign contracts yeah absolutely all right let's get to some of the uh, stuff that's out there right now John uh, the St. Louis Boy, is there a lot of stuff out there or what uh, well I mean St. Louis Philadelphia Calgary Winnipeg where do you want to start well uh, LA Winnipeg to me is is a fascinating one um and I, w- I was told as, as late as uh, yesterday afternoon not to put any stock in it yet. Um, and, uh, and our pal Drager reported the same thing this morning uh, on radio here in Toronto that it's, you know, nothing is, nothing is in stone yet for Pierre-Luc Dubois to end up in Los Angeles, even though they, they really are interested in getting him. And, and what's really coming back to roost now is, is, is teams trying to, A, manage the cap, like the Boston Bruins, with they're trying to move dollars around, um, or trying to respect no-move contracts. So it, it, it's, uh, it's a difficult time if you're trying to move a guy out that you feel you're, you've either signed or overpaid for, um, I think that's where Doug Armstrong is in St. Louis, or trying to find a way to just move some money, and I think that's where Don Sweeney is in Boston. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, John. I hope the LA Kings get Pierre-Luc Dubois. Okay, and I realize for <laughs> you know why, uh, because yes. I mean they would have Kopitar, they would have Dubois, they'd be have Denault, they'd have depth down the middle. However, if they go out and get Dubois, theoretically, to me, the LA Kings, if Leon Drysaddle were to look at going to the market, the LA Kings, given the history with Andre Kopitar and Leon Drysaddle, and the fact that Octagon has a very strong presence in Southern California. Um, Let's just put it that way. I, to me, there'd be worse places for PLD to end up than the LA Kings. What do you think? Am I reading too much into this, or am I on to something? Well, I think there's some logic to what you say. I think it's common sense. I, I just find it hard to believe. Um, and Pierre-Luc is represented um, by Pat Brisson, right. who has certain connections with the Kings. Lots he lives in Los Angeles. Uh, but he also has great connections in Montreal. Uh, and you just wonder if this is playing out that Brisson is trying to play the Kings against Canadians, uh, who I, I think would, you know, I think in, if, if push came to shove, if you, if you got truth serum into Pierre-Luc Dubois, he would say he'd like to play in Montreal. So for, from that perspective, you, like you wonder where the, all this stuff is coming from and where it's going. You know, the, the, the stories that were coming out on Saturday that this was almost a done deal and that was almost a done deal. We're still waiting for the done deals. Yeah. Well, and so I, I, I also think that they're trying to, and whether this is a written document or they're trying to hint at teams, please try to be respectful of the award show tonight. Uh-huh. So don't, uh, don't move bodies until tomorrow, the day before the draft. 
which would make some sense for the commissioner to put out not necessarily a hard edict if you feel you, you had to necessitate something today. But I do think that they're trying to keep the focus today on what the celebration of some of the great players of this uh, this last season in Nashville tonight. So that to me is kind of part and parcel of what we're seeing going on. The other thing is, Bob, uh, you know, a lot of these players, and, and I look at the list of guys in Calgary saying, I'm not re-signing, I'm not re-signing. Well, I wouldn't re-sign now either because it's what we talked about in the first five minutes. Why would I sign now with a cap at 83.5 when I... I know the cap's going to go up a lot more next year, so I'm going to take my chances next summer. I'm not signing long-term now if I know that there's more money in the system next summer. Well, I could work to the order's advantage with two pending UFAs, and uh, I know that Kurt Levin's referenced it in his uh, uh, Nine Things piece in uh, the Cult of Hockey this weekend, but you take a look, and we've talked about Yanmark, and the other, and frankly, the other one is Nick Bukestad, and, uh, yeah. you know, if you're, maybe if you're Ken Holland, we got Ken call, coming up in 19 minutes from now, you know, maybe, maybe you tell those guys, all right, well, go see what you're worth on the market, but if I'm Yanmark or Bukestad, if there's not a three-year deal at two million bucks per for Bukestad, and remember last year he played for nine hundred, if that deal isn't out there, maybe I maybe I look and I go, I got a chance to win in Edmonton. Maybe I resign in the low ones in Edmonton on a one-year deal. And as for Yanmark, played fourteen and a half minutes a game. Again, if there's not a two or three-year deal at a decent price point, maybe I sign on a one-year deal and take my chances and win it in Edmonton. Connor Brown, represented by Jeff Jackson, can do a base bonus deal. You know, I'm sure Connor Brown could probably get a two or three-year deal somewhere, John, at like three million bucks. But maybe he looks at it, you know what, if I do a, a base at a million and a bonus at two, two plus, maybe Edmonton's a better fit. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I just I don't think people have mentioned enough about just the common sense of the player believing in himself. Yeah. You know, and, and, and being able to say, okay, I'm going to take the chance because I, I, I want to be an unrestricted free, free agent in July of 2024 when there is more money in the system. And so I will believe in myself and I will prove myself on a one-year deal. Um, or... As in the case of a lot of the Calgary guys, I will just play my contract out and take my chances. And and I think if you look at it that way, uh, particularly if you're a new manager like Craig Conroy, then you don't have to panic as much. You just don't have to panic. Panic, and you can you can put off a few of these decisions that they have to make. I mean, you know, all those guys, Lindholm, Backlund, all those guys are under contract for next year. Yeah, play them. Play them a lot. Make them prove to not only Flames fans, but to the other 31 teams in the league that they're worth being unrestricted free agents. John, one final one for you. Total curveball. Have you watched the Crave series on the Barry and Honey Sherman murders, the billionaire murders? Uh, I haven't, but I watched. Uh, I mean, if you lived in southern Ontario, it, it, it was front page news for a long period of time. It's an unbelievable story, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. You know, I, I, uh, on my way to one of the golf courses I normally play, I, I, I drive by the Apotex factory. So there was always that, well, there's where Barry Sherman works or worked. Uh, and uh, it's a giant pharmaceutical factory that uh, in, in northwest Toronto. Uh, and But it's just, you wonder, 
there are so many elements of it that, that I, I still believe, and I haven't seen the doc, of, of what we don't know more than we do know, Bob. I think that's a classic case there. Yeah, Kevin Donovan is uh, the lead investigator uh, for the Toronto Star in that story. John, thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. I'll talk to you soon. 12.49 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll get to uh, NHL today for elite promotional marketing when we return and some of your texts as well. Oh, I'll tell you, Taylor Hall sure doesn't like late Junes. June 29, 2016, the trade was one for one. Elliot Friedman is reporting as we go into NHL Today. And NHL Today is presented by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Elliot Friedman is reporting that Taylor Hall is going to be traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. Wow. Now, there was a belief uh, that this might be Boston was trying to clear some cap space and that the return is not going to be significant. Brendan, this is this is crazy with Taylor Hall. I mean, it makes sense for Chicago. They had to find a better player to play with Connor Bedard, so they get themselves a former number one overall pick. We don't know the return right now. It might be a couple of smaller prospects. This might just be a straight salary dump by the Boston Bruins. What do you think? Wow. We figured it would be one of him or DeBrusque on the move, potentially. Yes. Yes. Uh, but we figured maybe St. Louis would be a destination that could happen with. I I can't believe at this stage of his career that this might be the final landing spot. I mean, I would like to think that he and Inter saying, hey, 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 where else, where else can we go before the season starts? Well, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, full disclosure, um, there has been discussions about uh, about one of Hall or uh, Jake DeBrusque. I thought St. Louis, given the history, and, and you know maybe something could shake on that front. But uh, indeed, multiple sources now reporting that Taylor Hall has been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Brendan, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks. What is better for your organization? Sit there and have Hall come in so they have a real player to play with Bedard or to turn around, eat half on Hall and try to leverage it for more younger assets? What do you think? I think because of the rest of the team there that you're not going to be getting the best version of Taylor Hall. So you may as well try and squeeze as much out of that asset as you can. Everything else that they've done to this point, and you think about them offloading Kirby Doc, for example, that would lead me to believe they would rather have the younger assets in that timeline than have somebody well, like this, Hall ushering them th- This in. is why the, the Dubois to Montreal, I would rather have Kirby Doc. Based on where Montreal is at with Slavkovsky, and Caulfield and Suzuki. Uh, I'd rather have Doc. A lot of people think, well, it's got to be Doc for Dubois. I'd rather have Doc than Dubois. He's considerably younger. Frankly, he's cheaper. Montreal's probably drafting forward at number five in the draft. Text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Put yourself in Kyle Davidson's shoes. Would you flip, again, Elliot Freeman reporting Taylor Hall is going to the Chicago Blackhawks if you're the... Uh, if you're the Chicago, um, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks, what's better, flipping Hall for a couple younger players and eating some salary, or conversely, having Hall on the Blackhawks and playing on a line potentially uh, with 
You know who? Connor Bedard, who they're going to be talking number one. I mean, if you're Chicago, you're trying to make a go. So there you go, 780-496-0063. Bob, what about the Hawks flipping Hall at 50% to Edmonton for Connor Yamamoto? Uh, well, you're, <laughs> the Oilers would have to give up a lot more than Kyler Yamamoto in that deal with Chicago. I have to think, Brendan, I have to think that even though I think at this stage of the game, the Hawks are worried about, I mean, you got to have better than Andreas Athanasiu, all due respect to Andreas Athanasiu, uh, playing with Connor Bedard, don't you? Like, you, I, yeah. like to me, this, this, this isn't Chicago getting more out now next year. At the deadline, like not this season, but unless Chicago's found out what Connecty's going for out of the marketplace and might have people saying, well, wait a sec here, why don't you, I don't know. I mean, would you rather have Connecty 5.5 for two playoff runs or Taylor Hall 6 million for two playoff runs? If if the team if the team's gonna eat some of that money, zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's a good one. If you if you want my honest opinion, it's still Travis connecting because of the grit that he brings, and uh, because I think he plays the other side as well. I want a right winger, and I think Taylor's the left winger, right? All right. This text comes in from Jay. He says, "Hey Bob, I'm a Taylor Hall fan, but really disappointed with his career direction." He has incredible work ethic, but has underachieved for most of his career. Wasn't he a, th- a third liner in Boston? Unacceptable for a Hart Trophy winner. Bring him back here to win a cup. Well, I think he's a. I mean, I think he's a pretty good second line player. Do we not think? Text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Thank God the Taylor Hall to the Oilers talk can officially stop. Does it officially stop? I, I, that's the question I have for you. I don't know. I think the embers just flared up. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm thinking, I mean, this is, again, Elliot Friedman reporting that it, uh, and there's nothing further at this stage yet um, than where we're at. I mean, I have to think at least to start, Taylor Hall is in Chicago to, to help support I mean, who knows better how to play with number one overall picks than Taylor Hall the last several years? He's done it in Ottawa or in Edmonton. Uh, he did it in New Jersey. I, I, I got to tell you, I kind of feel bad for him. I really do. I have some pity for him. I, I'm not sensing a tremendous amount of pity from all of our texters and listeners to the show. Again, uh, 7809600063. Taylor Hall isn't a good teammate for developing younger players. How do, we, how do you know it? How do you actually know what such a tired narrative that we have dragged from seven years ago right to now? Yeah, you don't know. And beyond that, you think Taylor Hall's the same person now that he was eight years ago, seven years ago? I mean, is this the same guy? If we checked, if we went back and we have five years worth of your text access to, did you text and say the order shouldn't touch Evander Kane with a 10-foot pole? How's Evander Kane been in Edmonton? He's been pretty damn good. All right, let's do this. Uh, we will tell you the order's now injury reports brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown would tell you how rock-solid Evander Kane is because they've uh, they've done some events together that Evander's been a part of. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, 1257 in Edmonton, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown. Uh, they care about the Edmonton Oilers. They care about the Edmonton Elk. They care about the university. They care about our community. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn, a Boston Bruins fan. I told you, Randy, they were going to move one of those two guys. They have. Taylor Hall has been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. This is Oilers now.